He loved us enough to do that. Praise the Lord this morning. If you have your Bibles, we'll be in the book of John uh, chapter 12, uh, verse 24. Uh, John chapter 12, verse 24, and whenever you get to John 12, 24, if you would please stand uh, this morning to pay reverence for the reading of the Word of God. Uh, God, uh, John uh, chapter 12, verse 24. <clears throat> the Word of God says this, it says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for bringing us together here this morning. We thank you for this church, and uh, we thank you for those that are assembled here together, Lord. I pray that you'll watch over their lives, that you'll help them, that you'll uh, continue to lead, guide, and direct. Lord, I, I pray for conviction this morning. I pray that we can draw closer to you before it's everlasting too late. And I thank you for the scripture, Lord, that you've given us this morning, and the thoughts that you've placed upon our hearts this week in our studies. And, Continue to help us, Lord Father. Continue to guide us. And Lord, we, we pray that we have open ears and receptive uh, minds, Lord, to be able to apply this Scripture to our lives. In Jesus' name I ask, amen. amen. You can be a, a seated this morning. Uh, I read one verse, and there's a, there's a point to that of reading one verse. I think last week I read about 13 or 14 verses, and I, I said I don't like to do that, but... You know, I'm glad today that we've got something simplistic to focus on with John uh, chapter 12, verse 24. But uh, leading up to that, we kind of need to understand where we're at in Scripture because uh, I don't like to pick up and just uh, start off in one spot. We need to realize that if we back up uh, to John chapter 11, you see a, an amazing story where Jesus went into a place where a man had been dead four days named Lazarus. And he simply said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus rose from the dead after being dead for four days. After this, uh, it says in chapter 12 that they went, uh, they were at Bethany, and then, uh, in fact, you start with verse 12 of this same chapter that we're in, and my, my Bible gives a nice little title. It says, Triumphal Entry. And if you read that, it's where Jesus uh, gets on top of a young donkey, and he, he goes into Jerusalem on, on what? The branches of the palm trees, that Palm Sunday that we... Uh, we have going on that we some people celebrate now what's going on here is uh, Jesus uh, I believe is on a plateau here uh, going into Jerusalem I think there's wonderful things there's people uh, that were present it says in the scripture that those were they were people there that seen and heard about him raising Lazarus from the dead so there were people that were really uh, they are really excited about what was going on there's a lot of people seen uh, uh, the Messiah coming into Jerusalem uh, and we see Jesus make a point and Jesus uh, uh, by any means, when he says this in verse 24, I, I believe he means one thing in particular uh, about himself, but we want to look at how it applies to the church and how it applies to each and every one of us. He says in verse 23, when he starts, he says, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Praise the Lord. We, we know that the Son of Man being glorified is when He's hung on a cross, uh, He dies for our sins, and when He comes back from the dead, praise the Lord, and He ascends to be on the right hand of the Father. That's Him being glorified. But it says this in verse 24 that we read, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. Jesus primarily was talking about His own death. Now I hope and pray that each of us can see that and understand that. And verse 23 talks about the time that He should be glorified. And most of us understand that Jesus had to die so that we could live. Now we have to die a spiritual death. We have to die 
within our own lives so that we can live and Jesus live through us, okay? We have to die so that Jesus can live through us and others can have life that's around us. That's a simple thought of what that Scripture means. Now, there's a lot of things in the Bible that when you read them, they don't really make a lot of sense to the flesh. They don't. And when you read things sometimes in the Bible and you think of how that applies to us, uh, that doesn't really work in the world today. Uh, If you take some of the simple thought processes, and I have a few of them laid out here that I want to touch, but if you want to be able to say, if I want to save my life, I have to lose my life. It says that in Luke chapter 9. If I want to be lifted up, I must humble myself before the Lord. That's in James 4, 7. If I want to be the greatest... The Word of God tells us that I must be a servant in Matthew chapter 20. If I want to be first, I must be last. It says in Matthew chapter 19. If I want to rule, I must serve. That's Luke 22. If I want to live, I must put to death the deeds of the body. Romans 8.13. If I want to be strong, I must be weak. That's 2 Corinthians 11. If I want to inherit the kingdom, I must be poor in spirit. That's Matthew chapter 5. So those things all show us if we want to do something, in reality, we have to do the opposite. If we, if we want to lift up Jesus Christ, we must deny ourselves. If we want to be rich, we have to become poor and meek in spirit. What the Bible shows us so many times is opposite of what you'll hear in the world. Now, if you want to be rich in the world, I want you to understand something. You have to be rich, okay? If you want to have inheritance, you have to have somebody close to you that owns a lot of things. If we want to be able to do the things of the world, the world's simplistic to just do it in the Word of God. If you want to really capture what the Bible shows us, so many times we have to do the opposite. I'm glad that God's Word shows us here in this Scripture that if I want to reproduce, I must die. If Jesus wanted to reproduce, He must die. Now, if you think about a seed, it says except a corn of wheat. We're going to use plain Zachstone English, and I'll say it for what he's trying to say. Verily, verily, hey, y'all listen up. (laughs) That's what he's trying to say. Y'all listen up. I say unto you, if you take a seed, okay, If you take a seed and you plant it in the ground and it dies, it will bring forth life and it will bring forth more life. Now that's what he's trying to say. If a seed is left out of the ground, I would challenge you to go out and pick some seed, buy some seed, do whatever you want to, just get you some seed. And if we have any understanding of how seeds work, I want you to take that seed home and I want you to put it up on your bookshelf or put it somewhere in your house and just watch it for a little while. In fact, I'm telling you, you don't even have to do it. I'm going to explain to you what happens to that seed. You can take a seed and you can put it on a shelf. Or we can bring them in here in the church and we can line up the pews. I believe we could bring millions of seeds into this church, lay them out all over the place. And what are those seeds going to do sitting in a church house? Amen. They're going to do nothing. That's what they're going to do. They're going to absolutely do nothing. They're not going to multiply. They're not going to sprout. Uh, they're not going to uh, age. They're not going to canker. <laughs> the seeds, once they're dry, once they're ready, they're, they're done. Okay? If a seed is left out of the ground, it will never do anything. All you'll ever have is a seed. Okay? Nothing more, nothing less. 
Now, so many times people go through life and they feel like their life is nothing. They feel like their ministry is nothing. They feel like what they do for the Lord, their witness, their testimony, uh, everything that they have in their life, they feel like it's nothing. Now, I want you to know, church, I'm not ashamed to admit it, but in my life I have felt like my ministry is nothing. I have felt like what I do, what I preach, uh, the things that I try to have kindness in my life, I feel like it's nothing sometimes. Uh, How many of us feel like a failure in everything that we do, that we seem to be doing in our life, it's nothing. That causes depression. That causes weakness. That causes all these different things. But we have to look at it and say, do you need to die in your life? Now, I'm not talking physically. Don't misunderstand what I'm trying to to tell you this morning. But does your wants need to die? Does your agenda need to die? Does what you prefer in life need to die? This shouldn't be a church of preferences. Your life should not be to live only for myself. Now, I've caught myself doing that a lot of times, but we know from Scripture that our agenda is not... (laughs) It should line up with what God wants, but so many times our agenda doesn't. Our preferences should align with what God wants, but so many times it doesn't. Now, why do we struggle? Why do we always want to be in control? I like being in control. I've told them at work a lot of times, you know, that we start doing something. If it's my idea and it's my little brainchild that I call it, and I've laid that thing out on paper, I want to be in control. I want to call the shots. I, I want to be in the design process, the implementation, uh, uh, the going out, the script that somebody speaks when they're around it. I want to be a part of that. And, and so many times we catch ourselves, we want to be in control. We need to give in to Jesus with our lives. So many times we try to control what we drive, where we live, how we speak, what we eat. Praise the Lord, I know that we all have to eat, we all have to live somewhere, and we all have to do these things. But so many times we need to turn our lives over to Jesus Christ. In 1 Corinthians 15, 36, it says, Thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quickened, except it die. In plain Zach Stone English right there, it says, Hey, listen up, don't be silly. What you're planting has to die first. If you want things to do well. Now, if we want something to come to life, we have to let it die. Say, Zach, that don't make no sense what you're preaching today. You're telling us that we have to let something die before it will live, before it will come to life. And I'll say, praise the Lord. Hey, you got it. It's in a nutshell. If you want your life to do well, you've got to say your life isn't important anymore. If you want the church to do well, you have to say, well, the people ain't really important as much as God is important. We have to do what God says to do. We have to preach what God says to preach. We have to get together and obey God today. We want something to come to life, let it die. He says, Zach, that's difficult. Better yet, we have to turn what we want to live over to good ground. That's what we really have to do. We have to take what we want to succeed and bury it in God. Bury it in the Word. We have to surround it with good essentials. Okay, We have to put it in the ground in good soil. You say, Zach, I understand putting a seed in the ground. I want you to realize something. I've planted trees before in ground, 
that the ground was so hard you couldn't dig it with a shovel. I put trees in the ground that were registered for desert-like conditions and every one of them died in hard, junky ground. We are talking about seeds a while ago. If I tell you to fill up a sandbox with sand and plant the corn in the sand, probably not going to do very well. If we take and we plant it in a place that has no nutrients, has no, no essentials that it needs for it to grow, it may sprout just a little bit. It's liable to come up out of the ground, but when it gets to a certain phase during the cycle, it will never produce seeds again, and it will never produce fruit. Why? Because it will die. So many Christians today take their Christian walk, they, they, they accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and no doubt I believe there's a lot of people that's accepted Christ uh, and they've taken their life uh, and they said, well, uh, I'm going to hold on to my life a little bit, or they may even deny themselves completely. They say they want to serve the Lord, and they take and they die to themselves, but they put it over here in some junk. Okay? They put it in a life filled with crime. They put it in a life where they're getting in alcohol, where they're getting in drugs, where they're getting in the wants of the world, that kind of soil. And that little plant will sprout just a little bit. It'll come up just... We've been in church long enough. If you've been in church very long, you've seen people accept Christ and then you don't know what in the world happened. That's because they planted their seed in some very bad soil. It came up for just a little while. It came up and it withered and it died. Now, I want you to realize something. They died to sin. And they died to the things of this world. And they put that in that bad soil. But I want you to know, you can transfer that plant to good soil. I'm glad that when the plant starts to grow up, it starts to wither, it gets into a small little pot and the roots are just grown as far as the little roots will go. And you say, well, I'm going to transfer that thing into a wide open area with good soil and good water and good sunlight. Uh, the things that a Christian needs. Uh, I'm not talking about them being outside in the rain. I'm not talking about them getting in some dirt. I'm talking about them getting in the Holy Word of God. I'm talking about them coming and worshiping and praying that's the good soil today. Uh, Christians today, and I'm not even preaching about the sower that went out to sow this morning, uh, but we can realize that there's rocks, that, there's seeds that fall upon the rocks, uh, there's seeds that fall upon the good soil, uh, there's seeds that fall upon the bad soil, uh, there's seeds that fall upon places where the thorns come up and choke the lives out of them. Uh, I want you to know today, church, uh, we've got people that are growing in our church that's in bad ground. And that hurts. That should hurt your feelings to know that we've got people that we know. We've got family members that we know. We've got people that we love so dearly that we don't want them to go to hell. We've seen them uh, be saved. And Lord help me, I, I know people that I thought for surely they're safe, for surely they're okay. But they're living a life in bad soil. They'll never do anything anything in that bad soil. They have died, they've become the seed, but nothing has come forth. Now, the end of 1 Corinthians 15, 36, that scripture I just read, Thou fool that which thou sowest is not quickened, except it die, unless it dies. Unless you die. Unless your cares die, unless your desires die, unless your ministry dies. Understand this, church. If you want Jesus to come alive, 
we have to exclude ourselves. We have to exclude ourselves. Our wants, our desires, the things that we, we, we really want to accomplish in our lives, it doesn't matter anymore. What we do for Christ is suddenly what matters in our lives. Now, how many people truly have seen those people get saved, get on fire for God, have that seed planted, and just like I said, that seed quits growing. You know, if you plant that corn, it talks about corn in the King James. We'll use corn. The corn, it'll get so tall, and it'll get, boy, real nice corn plants. I like to see a real nice, tall, pretty corn plant with old ears of corn just all over it, and that old, that old golden hair hanging off. Boy, I, I love eating corn. My favorite vegetable is cream corn. <laughs> yeah, I love it. But I like to see that. And you understand corn because, hey, we live uh, in the South. I guarantee you've seen corn at some point. You go to the grocery store, you'll see it too. But when that ear comes up, it's got all them kernels all over it. Now, I ain't never counted them. I don't even know how many is on there. But there's a whole lot more than one. I'm glad if you live a life that's pleasing to God and you, you'll get past that growing stage in your life and you get put in some good soil. You may even start off in some good soil from time to time. Sometimes it gets bad, you know. Water comes through and erodes it away. It's junk. It only gets you so far in life. We naturally do not want to do what is good, though. You ever thought about that? We naturally don't want to do what's good. We don't want to do what's right. In Romans chapter 7, verse 18, a man named Paul is a wonderful example. It says this, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present but with, with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. And I read that, and we can all agree, I believe, that Paul was a, was, was a good man. He was a servant of God. He went out and pretty much sacrificed his life on multiple ships, uh, uh, knowing they were going to crash, and he stayed on them, and he witnessed. Uh, he was bit by a snake over a fire, and he should have died. And God protected him. My goodness, at all the things that Paul got to see, he got to teach, he got to preach, and all the letters he got to write. But right here in the book of Romans, he lays out that he knows the good things to do, but he can't. Fleshly, I know what to do, but I just can't do them. Now, how many of you struggle with sin? Hey, I'm not asking you to raise your hands, but all of you are supposed to raise your hands. If you don't think you struggle with sin, you're wrong. If Paul, the great apostle Paul, struggled with knowing to do good and he couldn't do it, you do too. And Paul struggled with it so much, but you struggle with it the same way Paul did. He portrays a desire to serve the Lord, but he also shows the fleshly desire to do other things. So many times, I get caught up doing things that has nothing to do with God. I do. I get caught up doing things that I probably should have spent more time doing something else. Just like that old seed that's planted. Sometimes we like being in the bad soil and growing just so far. We like being that little plant. You know what's good about being the new guy? You can say, well, I'm new. <laughs> you can say, well, I didn't, I didn't know. How many of y'all ever use that? Well, I didn't know. I ain't been here long enough. And people try to use that in the church house. I didn't know I wasn't supposed to cuss and drink. <laughs> I didn't know I wasn't supposed to beat somebody up if they said something mean to me. I didn't know that I was supposed to go out and witness for the Lord all the time. How many, how many, they don't say that. 
But that's what they mean. They don't say that, but truly in their, in their life, they're thinking, yeah, I can get away with these things. We want to do what is not good. Now, the Bible shows us that we must destroy what is within ourselves. So, Zach, you're talking about death, you're talking about destroying. That don't sound like fun. I'm telling you, the Bible sometimes does not sound like fun. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 24, I want you to realize what it says in this verse. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. Now, I think everybody in here knows what crucified means, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Crucified means that you've been put on a tree and it has died and everybody has seen it die. There have been plenty of people witness the death. That was the crucifixion of Jesus. Uh, Christ was crucified. Everybody saw Him put upon a tree that was cursed to die upon. His clothes stripped off of Him to even more embarrass His whole life. And He was to die so everybody could see it. Now this says, Then they that are Christ have crucified what? The flesh and the affections and lust. So... If you are to be placed on a tree to die, and it says to place the flesh with the affections and the lust, we must take our worldly desires and kill them. We have to kill them. Now, it says to crucify them. So what we have to do really is with our worldly desires, the things that we want, the things that we really enjoy, we have to put them on a cross. We have to show everybody else that those things in our life are going to die, and we show everybody. What better way to be a Christian than to show people that my old life is gone? That's what that's saying. Crucify your old life. Crucify your old ways. uh, uh, Put it on a cross for everybody to see. What does that mean, Zach? How do I crucify the fleshly desires? How do I crucify the affections and the lust? You start by saying no. Hey, you want to go out and do so-and-so with me? No. Hey, do you want to uh, do the stuff we used to do back in the day? No. You know how many friends I've lost over the years that's called me up or texted me or emailed me and said, hey, you want to get together for a drink? Hey, you want to get together and do so-and-so and look at women? No. You know how many people didn't like that? I run into a guy that I went to high school with. He was a year younger than me at the, at the shoe store, I think about two or three years ago. And I, I remember vividly every time I meet somebody that I went to high school with that hasn't seen me in a while, because most of them don't know I'm a preacher. And I have fun with that. I start talking to them and say, Hey, Stoney, you know, hey, how you doing? You know, how's everything going? I'm like, I'm pretty good. And they talk for just a second. First thing I shoot out of my mouth is, You know I'm a preacher now. Really? Yeah, I I like to tell people that. Not because I'm standing on being a preacher, just because I like to see the looks on their face. Because they know what I used to be. I like to tell them, yeah, I serve the Lord. I pastor a church. (laughs) Can you believe that? They said, no. No, I can't. I, I get to tell them about how my life's been transformed. You know, you don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be those things. You need to tell people, you know, I'm saved. I remember the, the, the day I got saved, I, I think I've told this before, the, the Monday I went to football practice the next day, old fellow sit down next to me and said, Stone, what would you do this weekend? I said, I got saved. 
I ain't never seen an 18-year-old boy get that quiet. I said, all right. Sometimes we have to show people that the old life is crucified. I'm a pastor. I'm a preacher. I don't have to say that. All I have to say is I'm a child of the king. I've been adopted into a royal priesthood. That would get enough questions. Adopted into a royal priesthood? What are you talking about? I got a hat that I, I wear sometimes. It's an international harvester hat. And the only reason I wear that hat is on the back of it. It's got the NAMB, I believe, on the back of it, the North American Mission Board. And the North American Mission Board uses the international harvester symbol as a true sign of God. He is the true international harvester. He's the one that's going to come back and take his people home. And I get to wear that hat, and I was wearing it the other day. And a guy stopped me. He said, are you part of the International Harvester Club? <laughs> I said, oh, my hat. I said, no. And I, turned, I took my hat off, and I turned around. I said, that's why I wear this hat. So I believe in mission work. So we got to talk about God. And he was already a Christian, but I want you to realize something. We have to die to the old ways. You know, if I backed up 10 years ago, I probably would have shoot, shoot, shot all kinds of bull with him, wanted to hang out with him, do a bunch of crazy stuff. Uh, I probably wouldn't have been where I was at to begin with because uh, I probably wouldn't have wanted to be there. I wouldn't have been in church like I am today. I probably would have fell away from God. But I chose at a certain point in my life to crucify my old life. I took my old life and I put it on a cross. And when somebody calls me to the old ways, I say, it's on a cross. I say, it's gone. I say, that Zach Stone's done, it's dead, it's over. We must take our worldly desires, we must kill them, and everybody should know that you've killed them. So he's different. He's not what he was. Crucify them, put them on display, and everybody knows you've given up your old life to follow the life of Jesus. How many of you can seriously say, I've crucified my old life? It's not there no more. Now, I got saved at 15 years old, and I'm about to turn 33 here pretty soon. I've been saved over half my life. And I can say in those 16 years, my life has not been crucified like it should be. My old ways and my old life, a lot of times, were not put on that cross to show people that it's dead. Sometimes I had let profanity slip out of my mouth. I had let drinking take hold of me at a young age with a bunch of boys I run around with. I look like a fool and I think about some of the stupidity that was in my life. Yeah. How dumb was I? I'm glad that today I can say my life is crucified. I hope and I pray that your old life has been put on that cross. We have to say, I must die myself. My sin must die. My life must die. My cares must die. I need to be reborn. I need to grow. And I need Jesus to take over my life. Can we do that today as a people? Can we say, you know, this soil that I'm in, what's surrounding me right now is not what's going to make me grow spiritually. I, I know that the things of this world, the things that I've got around me, the, the friends that I have, the nastiness, the vulgarity, uh, everything that surrounds me will never make me grow to the potential that I need to grow to. And how many of us are, can truly say we're in a perfect place? I'm not. I don't have all the people around me that I need. Now I'm getting better, praise the Lord. And I'm a work in progress. But I have to be put in the good soil. I need Jesus to take over my life. More than He already is. As I get a verse of, of some song ready this morning. Now we have to think that we must die 
And just as this piece of Scripture says, it says, Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. I want you to realize this morning, I talked about that old corn. A harvest is so much better than a single grain of corn. A harvest is so much better than just seeds. Today in the church house, if we truly want to multiply, now I'm not talking about the church pews filling up. We all want to be able to see that, but I'm talking about your life being full. I'm talking about your joy being full. Happiness that passes all understanding. Joy unspeakable. A relationship with Jesus Christ that, man, you feel so much better every day. You fall short and you don't have to go home and beat yourself up. You just say, I know I fell short and I love the Lord and I'm just going to keep on following Him. What kind of life could we start living? What kind of joy could we bring this county, this area, this community, our neighbors? Hey, does the people down the street know about the love within this church, within our own selves? Do they see you out somewhere and you look like old sour puss that's mad at the world? Sometimes I'm guilty. Joy. Crucify that old life. Put anger, put sadness, put strife, put that on the cross. Tell people that your life is better. I like when people look, I'm kind of crazy. And people look at me sometimes and I tell them I'm a pastor. And I just grin from ear to ear. <laughs> they ought to know I'm crazy. Yeah. If anybody talks to many pastors, they realize it's not the easiest thing in the world to do. It's not. But I'm glad that God called me to do it. Yeah. I'm glad that He blessed me with an opportunity to do it. Yeah. And I've taken that old life and i put it on a cross. It says it's gone. There's people that today that need to be prayed for. And they need to be, have a soil transplant. They need to have their life prayed for. They have backslidden. They have fallen behind. But I want you to know they're still seeds. Yes. They're still growing. Yes, sir. They just need some help. Yep. As we stand and sing, what page are you?